Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. The bye week is over. Michigan took most of last week off to heal up and get ready for the second half of the season. We moved up to number three in the polls, jumping over Clemson after they narrowly escaped defeat at the hands of NC State. The bottom line is this. Win the next six and get in the Big Ten championship game or even more. It's all there for the taking. And begins this Saturday with Illinois making a homecoming visit to the Big House. On today's show, my guest is Michigan great John Jansen. He is the host of the pre- and post-game shows and provides halftime analysis on the Michigan Football Network. On Thursday's Visitors Edition, we'll be joined by the radio play-by-play voice of fighting Illini football, Brian Barnhart. Let's get things rolling today with my view from Section 17. Bye weeks tend to make me nervous. Uh, When you're winning and playing well, I like to keep the momentum going. Getting some rest at the midway point, though, is important. This week it's homecoming and another 3.30 p.m. kickoff. Illinois limps into town with a 2-4 and record. Their new head coach is a respected name in coaching circles, both in the NFL and college football. Lovey Smith was hired in March to revive this Illinois program, and we all know he has his work cut out for him. I watched the Illinois Rutgers game on Saturday, which the Illini won 24-7. They have some players, but not much depth. They gave up over 200 yards rushing to Rutgers in that game. So it should be a happy homecoming for Michigan fans, but let's not count our chickens before they hatch. As you'll hear John Jansen say in our game day segment, respect your opponent. Michigan has to come out and take it to these guys and not let up. That's what good teams do to inferior opponents. You let them hang around by playing down to their level, and you could be in for a dogfight. I don't expect that to happen, but you know, look around college football this year or any other year, and it happens. I don't think Jim Harbaugh will let it happen this week, though. Very soon, the new interactive sports app I've been telling you about will be in the Google Play and iTunes stores. I have never seen anything like this app. It lets you play and interact with your favorite team in real time while the game is taking place. You can even play with friends and compete for prizes and much more. 
Get a sneak peek and sign up early by emailing playitfirst at yahoo.com and leave your cell number. That's playitfirst at yahoo.com and don't forget to leave your cell number. John Jansen was a captain on the 97 National Championship team and he knows that defense was one of the best ever to play for Michigan. He thinks this defense, if it continues at this pace, could be even better. He joins me next on our game day segment here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the Vsporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. With us on our game day segment this week is Michigan great John Jansen, also co-host of the tailgate and pregame show and halftime and postgame analysis on the Michigan Football Network. John, it's great to have you back with us. Hey, it's always great to talk to you, Mike. I appreciate it. Well, John, as we begin this week getting ready for homecoming and a visit from Illinois, uh, we are up to number three in the polls. Of course, the fans love that. But with six games left on the schedule, it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot, does it? No, it doesn't. Uh, and, you know, it gives uh, you and I something to talk about. And uh, we talk about it on the radio show. But uh, for the players, uh, it really doesn't mean much of anything, uh, you know, other than, you know, you get a chance to look at it. And for the kids, it's fun to, to take a look and say, hey, you know, everybody thinks we're the number three team or the number four team. But when it comes down to it, if you win all your games and you beat Ohio State at the end and you get a chance to go to the Big Ten championship game, everything that you want for Michigan right now um, for this season, all the goals, they're still out there. So, you know, having a bye week, uh, you know, coming off a bye week is, is going to be the big challenge. And, um, you know, there's other things that, that they're thinking about other than uh, where they're ranking the polls. Well, with that bye week, of course, uh, a lot of us had a chance to watch some other teams play. Uh, I had a chance to look at the uh, Illinois Rutgers game, sort of scout the Illini. And then on Saturday night, of course, the uh, the big one, Wisconsin and Ohio State. Did you get a chance to see any of that game? Uh, I did. I watched uh, most of the last three quarters. And uh, I tell you what, you know, um, and I've been saying it all year, I know Ohio State is good and I think they're very talented, but uh, I'm not sure they're they're the number two or three team in the country, you know, depending on the polls that you look at and the time of year. But um, they, uh, I think they were exposed a little bit as to some of the, uh, you know, inefficiencies that they can have on offense. And, uh, and then definitely their defense, I think, is uh, they showed some vulnerability there. So it was nice. Uh, it's always nice to be able to see a direct comparison, having played Wisconsin, uh, both Michigan and Ohio State, you get a chance to see how you match up and, um, you know, and, and week to week is different, especially with injuries and Wisconsin was coming off a of bye week. So they had two weeks to prepare for the Buckeyes and, and there's a lot of variables involved, but, um, it was, uh, it was good to see some weaknesses that, uh, that Ohio state has. And, you know, if they don't get those fixed in the next five weeks, uh, I think, uh, Jim Harbaugh and his staff will, will try and uh, expose them again. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, of course, the Buckeyes, uh, don't have any time to rest. They have uh, Nebraska coming uh, into the shoe this week, that will be another test. 
It will be. And, uh, you know, Nebraska's had uh, a, a surprising success this year, and, and a lot of it is due to uh, a more consistent play by Tommy Armstrong. I've, I've not been a fan of his um, and his decision-making over the last couple of years, but he's done a much better job of protecting the football. Um, he's put his team in position. Uh, and, you know, I think early on in the year when he was an elected captain, I think he, he, he felt that he had something to go out and prove to his team and his teammates and, and he's doing just that. So it's a, you know, it's a good matchup and uh, you know, it's always good to see the big 10 West and the big 10 East uh, get together and, uh, and Nebraska and Ohio state. and They're two of the classic, you know, tough guy programs and, and we'll see how they fare on Saturday. We will be paying attention to what's happening in Ann Arbor. Uh, we've played six games now, John, and I'm sure the staff knows what areas we need to clean up and get improved upon uh, for the second half of the season. The running game, though, seems to be making strides each week. Of course, against Rutgers, it was uh, just outstanding. From your vantage point, John, has the offensive line play improved from the beginning of the season? It has, and uh, you know when you st- when you talk about Michigan's uh, offensive line, uh, you know you, you got to mention uh, Juwan Bushel Beatty, and, and you know we'll see the progress that he's able to make over. Uh, you know, getting some experience there against Rutgers, uh, getting a couple of weeks to watch film, work on some things that he needs to work on, and, and how they can get him up to speed with the rest of those guys that have been starting. And um, I think the, the the biggest thing for for Michigan has been the play of Mason Cole, and you know, moving to center from from being that left tackle for the last couple of years. I think he's uh, you know, in the long term, that's going to be a great move for him and his career. Uh, you know, if he moves to the next level, which he, he'll get that opportunity here in a couple of years, he's going to be an interior lineman. And the, the, the way that he's played up there, the way he's communicated and been able to get both the left and the right sides of that offensive line to work together and on the same page, I think, um, you know, speaks volumes to his preparation, um, you know, his mental toughness, his ability as an athlete. And they still use him in a lot of the same ways as they did as a tackle. You know, they, they pull him uh, from that center position, which is very hard, you know, starting with the, with, with the play with your arm between your legs. Uh, but he does a great job of getting on the edge and, and leading some of those blockers. And, you know, in pass protection, I think it has been the biggest improvement that I've seen for this offensive line. They've, they've, they still need to improve. I'm not saying they're there yet, but uh, a much better job of protecting the quarterback. Well, we all want to uh, see Juwan Bushel Beatty uh, play well at that left tackle spot. That is so very important, as you well know. Uh, but there's been talk that, you know, if he falters, and let's not forget, he banged up his knee or his leg uh, against Rutgers, and, and that looked like it maybe was an injury that was uh, sort of prior to the Rutgers game. But how disruptive would it be? And we talk about chemistry on that offensive line, which has to be coming along at this point of the season. How disruptive is it if you have to take Mason Cole, move him back out to left tackle, bring in Kugler at center at the midway point. Well, that's that's a huge change and, and a huge shift in what they're trying to do. Um, I know that they did that a little bit in the Rutgers game when, when Bushel Beatty came out. But, um, you know, the question when, when Grant Newsom went down was how they were going to fill that spot. And, um, I've always been in the mindset, and I think most O-line coaches will tell you, we don't want to create two problems to, to try and solve one. Uh, by moving Mason out there and, and putting Patrick Kugler, now all of a sudden, instead of just affecting one side of the offensive line, that effectively you know, changes the whole chemistry of that offensive line. And if you can keep those four guys the same and you know, just 
try and plug in somebody there at left tackle, whether it's Bushel Beatty or possibly Braden or Bredesen, you know, I think they'll be able to find somebody that can go out there and play. And, and honestly, in the Rutgers game, when, when Bushel Beatty came, came out and then went back in, I thought he played very well after that. So, um, you know, you're going to have to play dinged up at some point. You know, every offensive lineman is going to do that throughout the year. And uh, it, honestly, if you're a healthy offensive lineman right now, it probably means you haven't played a whole lot. So <laughs> those guys all know how to play with, with you know, nicks and bruises and, um, you know, tape an aspirin to it and get out there and play. Well, this past week during the bye week, uh, I had a chance to read a lot of mid-season reports on Michigan football from a variety of analysts and reporters uh, pretty much outside of the Michigan coverage area. Seems to me, John, that when it comes to uh, Wilton Spate and how a lot of people see him, they say he's been very good so far, but he'll have to step it up in the second half of the season if Michigan is going to compete for the Big Ten championship. What are your thoughts on what you've seen from Wilton so far? Well, um, I think I've seen a lot of mental toughness. Um, you know, to come out and on your very first pass, you throw an interception uh, after having won a, a very much talked about quarterback, you know, uh, struggle. I think uh, being able to come out, then go, you know, two or three games without throwing another interception and, and then have drives where, or times where you've been down by two scores and have to bring your offense back. And um, I think he's shown uh, a lot of mental toughness. And then, you know, in the Colorado game, I think he'll admit to you as well that it probably wasn't his best game, but, you know, being able to take a shot like he did in the first drive of, of that game and then come out and still play. And you could see throughout the whole game, you know, he was shaking his arm and, you know, he was trying to work out some, some after effects of, of taking a hit like that. Um, I, again, shows great mental toughness, great will to win and, and tremendous leadership by, you know, not coming out and, and not taking a play or a series off to try and gather yourself. Um, he went right back in there and, and it's just a matter of, of now fine tuning his mechanics, fine tuning the offense and getting, continue to improve the rhythm that he has with his receivers. Um, and I think we'll see uh, much the same as we saw last last year. Um, the quarterback position continues to improve along with the team from week one to week 12. You're looking at a completely different team taking the field um, against Ohio State than you saw last year against Utah um, or this year against Hawaii. And, uh, and that goes to the detail that the coaches put into their practice plan, the detail they put into their game plan, the preparation, all of those things continue to build throughout the year. And they, and I, in my opinion, Michigan staff does as good a job as anybody of relating what you're trying to accomplish in a game plan, why you're trying to do things. Um, and it just shows on the field as the players continue to improve throughout the year, not only are they better at what they're doing in terms of technique, but they are they, they execute the game plan so well. John, a lot of fans are used to Michigan having a go-to guy in the backfield uh, over our history, getting the majority of the carries. But this season, we've seen anywhere from three to five guys uh, getting touches during games. If you're getting production, does it matter if it's one guy or five? No, it really doesn't. You know, it, it, it there's there's this myth out there that a running back needs to get a rhythm and needs to get 20 or 30 carries to be productive. Well, you know, if you have one of those guys that, and, and you don't have three or four other guys, yeah, you can, you can just like anybody, when you get into a game and you figure out defenses, you get into a better rhythm, but 
you need to be able to be productive every time you're on the field. So your you know play one needs to be as productive as play thirty. Um, and and I think that these guys have have really shown from Davian Smith, Chris Evans, Ty Isaac, Karan Higdon, and anybody else you put back there, they've shown that they understand the importance of every snap. They understand the competition that they're in for plays on the field, you know, just getting their name called to be on the field. And if they're not productive, then somebody else is going to go in there. And and that competition is what really drives those guys to be, you know, to improve week to week and, and improve from last season. What does this offense have to do better in the second half of the season, in your opinion? Well, it's just consistency, in my in my opinion. You know, and it and it and you know, a lot of people say, well, when I when I talk about consistency, they think I'm just talking about the run game. That's not it. It's it's you know, we need to be able to have drives that start on our 20 yard line and end in touchdowns. We need to have we need to take advantage of opportunities. There were times, um, you know, in the Colorado game or um, in you know a couple of the, the more recent games where we got good field position. Uh, you know, example Wisconsin, we got a pick. Um, uh, in, in just before halftime with about a minute, and then we didn't do anything with it. We didn't get a field goal attempt. We didn't get anything out of it. So we just need to be more consistent and, and really more opportunistic. When we get good field position, we got to take advantage of it. When we don't, we need to be able to sustain drives. And, um, you know, in the second half of the season, when you start talking about playing Michigan State in East Lansing, um, Iowa in Iowa, uh, Ohio State, uh, you know, in Columbus, you have to be consistent and you have to take advantage of those opportunities or else you're not going to have a chance to win those games. They're much better teams, much better competition that you're facing in a much tougher environment. You know, you don't, you're not going to have five home games anymore. It's, it's every other week you're on the road. And um, consistency on offense is, is really going to be what defines this team. With us here on our game day segment this week, as we look ahead to uh, homecoming with Fighting Illini, is Michigan great John Jansen. Uh, John, we always hear that offense puts them in the seats, but defense wins championships. And I don't even know what to say anymore about this defense, other than it is just flat out scary. Is this unit as good or better than you thought it would be so far this season? Uh, it's about as good as I thought it would be. And, uh, you know, when I, our very first show, I made comparisons, um, you know, against Hawaii that this, this defense could be better than the 97 defense that we had. And and I still believe that they could be um, because when you watch them and and just against Rutgers, now I know Rutgers was a much more inferior opponent, but their focus, their determination, their execution, um, it was the first time that I really saw them be, a hundred percent discipline. You know, when the outside linebacker had the quarterback on that read option, he was there. And, you know, that's something that our 97 team, we didn't face uh, much of that read option um, deal. And, you know, that's back when they just had the old option quarterback. And um, I think if you remember, it was fairly, you know, the same amount of defense, but we faced uh, Donovan McNabb in 98 Mm -hmm. um, and they ran the option with Syracuse. And, and, you know, we're still trying to figure out how to stop that. (laughs) This team has figured that out. Um, and that discipline is, is, is there, the talent is there when you look at the defensive front and you can go two or three deep at every position. And, you know, as an offensive lineman, when I'm lining up and I look across and I say, you know, I've got, I've got Chris Wormley 
And after two or three plays, he starts huffing and puffing a little bit. And then they bring in Rashawn Gary or Chase Winovich or Taco Charlton. They line them up over there, and, and they're fresh. I'm thinking to myself, son of a gun, when, does, when are these guys going to let up? Um, they can continually be fresh all game long because they have the talent and the depth to move those guys around to, to keep them keep them fresh. And, and that's, that's a, an, an unbelievable asset to what Don Brown's been able to utilize. Well, one concern I have right now is uh, is the kicking game, and it's mainly that you know Kenny Allen is carrying a big load right now. We've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks. Do you think handling all three aspects of the kicking game is uh, too much for one guy and expect him to perform at such a high level each week? Well, I don't necessarily know that it's too much. It's not something that's done a whole lot because you you know you got guys that are punters and and they're not very good at at kicking the ball, and you got guys that are kickers and and they're not very good at punting, but Kenny Allen is pretty good at both, and um, I think everybody, there's really no argument that his best asset is in the punt game. If we can get Ryan Tice or Quinn Nordine to step up and be accurate, and you know, I'm not saying they, they have to be accurate from 45 and, and, and out, but just you know, when you get a 30 to 35-yard field goal, those should be three points on the board. And if we can get one of those guys to step up, and take that position, I think it would be very good for the, the Michigan special teams and, and for the football team in general to be able to take a little bit of that pressure off of Kenny Allen. Well, I know Quinn Nordine dressed for the Rutgers game um, and was in uh, pregame warm-ups. He's been fighting some kind of a muscle pull or a leg problem, though, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. And, uh, you know, those things happen, especially with, uh, you know, when you're talking about kickers, um, you know, they're they're a different sort to begin with. And, you know, you get a little bit of a muscle tightness or you get a, you know, a stub toe and all of a sudden it seems like their world is over. But I, I think he'll be able to work through that and he'll be in the mix here. And, you know, I was hoping that, you know, especially late in the game, we'd be able to see a couple of field goals. And, you know, Rutgers just never put us in position to not score a touchdown. So yeah. <laughs> it was it was one of those games where you were hoping to be able to see the field goal kicker, but it just never happened. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on that because that is going to be an important factor uh, down the stretch. It always is. This Saturday, the Fighting Illini uh, visit the big house for homecoming. Uh, they've struggled so far this year. They played Nebraska tough a couple of weeks ago and, of course, beat Rutgers on Saturday. What we do know is Lovey Smith is a very good coach. And he does have these guys competing on a weekly basis, though. He does. And, uh, you know, one of the things that Lovey brings to uh, the Illini um, football program is the ability to recruit the Chicago area. You know, with his ties that he had with the Chicago Bears and his name still in Chicago, um, I look for, for this Illinois team to be much improved over the next three or four years. This year, they just much like Rutgers, they're, they're just lacking talent and they're, they're playing hard. They're playing physical, but they just seem to get wore down uh, as the game goes on because they don't have, like we have the depth on the defensive line to rotate two or three guys at each position. Illinois doesn't have that. They, they can play teams tough in the first half because they've got their, their number one guys out there. But then as soon as they start subbing guys or guys get tired, they, they, there's no relief. Um, and they just get worn down in the second half. And I think against Nebraska and some of these other teams, you've seen the effect of that. And, you know, for a direct correlation, that's kind of where we were last year when we played Ohio State. We, we played them tough, you know, for the first quarter, but then we just got wore down because we, 
we were all banged up. We had five or six D linemen out. We couldn't rotate guys in and out. And in big time games and big time competition, when the stakes are the highest, you have to have depth and you have to have talent at that depth. You need to have guys that can go in there and play just as well and be just as productive as your first string guys. And Illinois right now, they just don't have that, but look for them to, you know, they're going to be a physical team. And I think there's going to be some eyebrows in the second quarter going, you know, holy cow, I can't believe they're, you know, they're within a touchdown or they're within two touchdowns, but you know, give it to the third and the fourth quarter and and they'll start getting worn down. And and it'll be, in my opinion, it'll probably be a three or four touchdown game. Well, they are a little bit bunged up. And as you just said, that depth is, uh, there's a real drop off after the starters. They also are going to be coming into town with their backup quarterback, uh, Chase Crouch, who started on Saturday against Rutgers. I thought played pretty well. They do have three running backs with over 300 yards apiece uh, and a couple of uh, talented receivers. But it is just so hard, especially after seeing them play, imagining them having much sustained success against this Michigan defense. No, they'll come out. And, you know, it'll be a lot like the start of the Rutgers game. Um, you know, Michigan's offense went out there and, and were three and out in the first three series. And, and you look over on the Rutgers sidelines and they're jumping around and they're, they're emotional, they're excited. But then all of a sudden, all that emotion, all that excitement, you know, it, that takes it out of you as well. And, and it's great to have that, but, you know, your first guys are jumping around and, and they're using all that energy. And then all of a sudden, you know, Chris Evans gets a first down. And then you put your real peppers in there and, and he goes for 63 yards. And then all of a sudden that excitement's gone. These guys are huffing and puffing and there's no relief from the sideline. So it'll be much the same. in a lot of the teams that we face, um, you know, Illinois this week, Michigan state next week, where, you know, they're going to come out and, and they're going to try and save their season by playing well against Michigan. And that's what Michigan has to realize is that those teams that they're playing um, and even Iowa, you know, they had high expectations, but their season isn't what they had hoped it would be. But they still get to play Michigan, and if they want to salvage any part of their season, they either need to, to play well against Michigan or beat Michigan, and it's going to be everybody's bowl game. It's going to be everybody's best effort, and, you know, that's going to be the thing that, that Jim Harbaugh is going to have to, you know, tell these guys and get them to realize, hey, you're going to get everybody's best game of the year. So there's no – there's no half efforts. There's no letting up uh, on the gas pedal. You have to come out every week, respect your opponent, and respect the game of football and play hard. Absolutely. And uh, I tend to be a worry wart and not to beat on Illinois because, I, as you said, I think Lovey Smith is going to improve that program. But these are the kind of games and this is the kind of a team you just can't mess around with. You have to go fast hard and put them away when you have a chance, don't you? You do. And, and, you know, that was kind of my worry against uh, Wisconsin when we kept missing those field goals and we're up seven, nothing. And then all of a sudden they come out at halftime and they get a little bit of energy and, and they score a touchdown. And it's seven, seven, you let inferior teams hang around uh, much like last year against Michigan state. We should have beat Michigan state, but we let them hang around. We didn't put them out. And, and, and hopefully the lessons that they learned while they were hard lessons and, and you would hope you wouldn't have to go through that. They can be directly related to what's going on this year. Hey, when we get a team down, we need to keep putting points on the board. We need to make sure we take the ball away from their offense. And every time that we have a chance to score on our offense, we need to put points on the board, put them away so that they don't have any hope uh, when they get into the fourth quarter. 
Well, final thought, John, it's uh, another 3.30 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. The weatherman saying now uh, mid to upper 50s with a, a chance of rain, but it's homecoming, which always makes it just an extra special day and atmosphere, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are back in town, whether they're football alumni or just alumni of the school. And um, they, they obviously want to see a good game. There's going to be a lot of anticipation of uh, you know, there was a week off, and, and what's Michigan going to look like after a bye week? What are they going to do against Illinois? And um, You know, there's a huge buzz, as there has been since Jim Harbaugh's been back, um, you know, in Ann Arbor, but just a huge buzz of the possibility of what this season could be. Um, and it just builds every week, and then you throw homecoming on top of it, and everybody back in town celebrating and having a good time. It's going to be a, a fun environment. I'm looking forward to you know, reconnecting with some former teammates that are going to be in town. And it's just going to be one of those special weekends. And um, I know that uh, the boys in blue are going to come through for us. I think you're right. And I'm looking forward to it too. With us here on our game day segment this week, as we get ready for a visit from the Fighting Illini on homecoming weekend, Michigan great John Jansen, co-host of the uh, the tailgate and pregame show and halftime and postgame analysis on the Michigan Football Network. John, as always, it's a pleasure having you on the show and we look forward to the next visit. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. Quick Hits is next as we wrap up our homecoming edition of The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Kids today, we didn't play last week, so there are no injuries to talk about. We are rested and as healthy as possible for Saturday. Here are some game day notes. Michigan leads the series with Illinois, 69 wins to 23 losses, and there were two ties along the way. Michigan won the first meeting 12-5 on November 12th of 1898 in a game played in Detroit. The last meeting was in 2012 right here in Ann Arbor, a 45-0 win for the Wolverines. Lovey Smith is in his first year as head man. He was 89 and 87 as an NFL coach over the last 11 years. Illinois was 5 and 7 last year, 2 and 6 in the Big 10. They returned 7 starters on offense and 4 on defense. Their last bowl game appearance was in 2014 in the heart of Dallas Bowl, where they lost to Louisiana Tech 35 to 18. The program has won 15 Big 10 championships, the last in 2001. Kickoff time for Saturday is 3.30 p.m. We are having a great weather week so far, but the forecast for Saturday is mid to upper 50s with a chance of rain. So have your rain gear handy just in case if you are attending the game. Today it's Tuesday. Of course, we have our Thursday Visitors Edition coming up. I will update the weather on that show too. Don't forget about our free show apps uh, that are available from the Google Play and iTunes stores, and we are now on the iHeartRadio team. Make sure you have one of those apps and take the Michigan Man with you wherever you go during your busy week. Very soon, the new interactive sports app I've been telling you about will be in the Google Play and iTunes app stores. I have never seen anything like this app. It lets you play and interact with your favorite team in real time 
while the game is taking place. You can even play with friends and compete for prizes and much more. Get a sneak peek and sign up early by emailing playitfirst at yahoo.com and leave your cell number. That's playitfirst at yahoo.com and don't forget to leave your cell number. Make sure you join me on Thursday for the Visitor's Edition of the show. We will get to know the Fighting Illini from the perspective of their radio play-by-play voice, Brian Barnhart. So that will do it for today. Thanks again to Michigan great John Jansen for being our guest. Until Thursday, I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!